0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series, from current events to fascinating finds, to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to week two without Mo. This is 14 days and counting. No, what is it? How many days is it, Micah? Eight days. Anyway, it feels like for an eternity. And here's why I'm saying this, because I know Mo's listening. He's not supposed to be, because he's supposed to be on sabbatical, which means he's supposed to not think about us. Uh, but I keep getting too many text messages, so I know he is. <laughs> we miss you, Mo. Um, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a, a lonely week. It's like, sometimes I'll sit in his office um, and just wish he was here. But here's the thing. It's actually it's a win-win-win-win for everybody, because uh, Donna Van Leer and uh, Tracy Rogers are both here. Two of our most downloaded episodes, actually, were, uh, were Donna and, and Tracy. So having them on the same, maybe this will be like the triple size of downloads. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, and I guess if you're, maybe you wouldn't know this, well, I don't know why you would, but we have a sermon prep team that we work together and wrestle through the scriptures and um, it keeps me accountable to it. And it's uh, and they've, they've been a vital part of that. They've taught on Sundays and anyway. Glad that you guys are here, Um, and we are going to go deeper into Romans 2 from where we started a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was, I think when we first started this, we were going to do this uh, one chapter a week, Uh, and that just hasn't worked even
1: I think Mo would like to
2: maintain that <laughs> schedule though <laughs> yeah, and we're all like no 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 yeah right he comes back in four weeks we're like it's Romans chapter four and he's like no was yeah. <laughs> supposed to be sick.
0: you know what's funny is that's actually likely right
2: right I know, I know. on
0: this schedule because we've got a special guest this Sunday we got two weeks of Romans three yeah he's gonna be back in Romans yeah. we'll barely be in Romans gonna, four
2: he like didn't miss anything hardly
0: yeah so <go>. (laughs) 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 That's actually really, really funny. Um, But the 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 beautiful thing, the reason you could do that, you know, we joke about it, but it is like a Brazilian uh, steakhouse. You get the meat sweats. Like there's just so much, you just don't want to. You got to keep coming back. I'm sorry, you guys are grossed out by that. Um, But we got to keep coming back. So we're it's like keto uh, keto Jesus here. Like we're getting meat and meat and meat. And so Romans two is where we've been. And uh, these first few verses. And actually, I would like Tracy and Donna both. I'm just going to read through verse four, but would love to get, like, there's some stuff in there about his kindness. I just, anyway, I would just love your comments on it. As I, so uh you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment, verse one, right, on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Like we could stop or we will right there. Like Tracy, what jumps out at you in that?
2: I'm always struck. By the kindness of God leads you to repentance. It's, I think, um, my history, my personal history, was one where we were shaming people into repentance. Mm. And I think, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times where you've you've decided you're not gonna, you're, you're surrendering your role as Holy Spirit Junior. Holy Ghost Junior.
0: Yeah, I'm torn yeah. up the business card. Yeah.
2: Right. So <laughs> that that just sort of. We'll fall into that trap over and over again where we feel like shaming someone or pointing out their their bad behavior is the way of correction. And what this is just telling us is when you start judging everyone else, you're just putting yourself under the microscope and under the spotlight. And it isn't shame that draws us closer to God, whether it's we, feel, we, we think it's shame from God, which it isn't, or shame from other people on right. his behalf. It's kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That we understand through His love and His patience. When you realize that, and you just—it's like if you've ever had a really good boss. Like I used to have a really good boss that I worked for, and if you did something wrong, you were like, "Oh, I—I I feel bad because I let him down." Oh. Uh-huh. Like I let my boss down and like, I remember. I feel like that's
0: not a problem for Micah around here. You probably never thought I, I kind of let Darren down.
2: But it was just, even though that was, you know, my, my work world, well, I, I feel like that is just a tiny little kind of relationship that I yeah. have with God where I just go, I just, I, I want to live for you. i you know, make it your ambition to please him. And it really is his kindness that just draws me closer to him and wants me to, to, to live well. Right. And it's, it's not shaming.
0: Boy, if we've learned anything this last year, is how unsuccessful shaming is Mm -hmm. Um, as a policy in general. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, uh, specifically progressive uh, secular humanists, like that's been the whole MO is fear and shame this last year. And I'm like, man, you guys should have called a pastor. I could have told you that wasn't going to work. Like Mm -hmm. we've been trying that for at least 2,000 years and ain't nobody like that does not work um, Mm -hmm. at all. It can scare people into doing something, but it doesn't scare them into changing. Mm -hmm anything. So, Donna, what about you?
1: Well, that's what really s- stuck out to me as well is God's kindness leads us to repentance and that next verse is but because of your hard and impenitent heart you're storing up wrath for yourself wow, yeah. on the day of wrath. Because you know, we live in that that place of judgment of judging others. And you talked about the the moralist, you talked about the the religionist who are uh, kind of deconstructing mm-hmm. which the bible term is falling away from
0: yeah some biblical language right around, right yeah. right
1: falling away <laughs> from from the faith um and that but yet in their falling away they're judging what they don't want to be judged for right. <laughs> they're just they're judging themselves mm. as well and mm. and God is saying you you think that you're going to get away with all of all of this, but don't confuse my patience and my forbearance yeah. for what is coming. It it's really is the kindness, but because of your hard heart, you are, you're missing my kindness.
0: Right. Do you see it too in this? Like when I was reading it, it felt like, so I was trying to think, okay, if I'm getting this letter, like I've just opened up, um, so like I, I travel a lot and occasionally I'll get a, a, I'll open up my backpack and there's a letter from my wife in it. Right and um and i remember like 10 years ago i was in togo africa and so i open up this letter and i'm so excited uh cuz was it's, it's going to be something sweet whatever but it was like a hey we really need to talk letter and i'm like like it i just like it just deflated me i'm like oh gosh like and now i'm going to be sitting here in a hammock with my thoughts and you know <laughs> and, and, and black mambas like a, um <laughs> and she was right by the way but uh i was like i wonder if, if i'm getting this letter from paul like obviously it depends on whether you're one of the jews or whether gentiles in church or whatever but but it feels like what he's almost saying is that like he's he's kind of barking at him a little bit because like if i'm somebody in romans 2 and i'm one of the jewish people that's done a really good job of keeping the law and i'm looking all around me in rome and seeing everybody that's not doing it but they seem to be getting away with it um it doesn't seem fair. And so it feels like part of their, like, I would say part of my judgment uh, of people in our country is, you know, God, are they getting away with this? Are they, like, they're getting away with this? It seems like they're getting away with this. And he's, like, it almost feels like part of that, what he's saying is that, oh, they're not getting away with it. Uh, but it's, don't mistake, like, his kindness, right, for his weakness but there's some kindness in this right now that still gives them time to repent. Mm-hmm. So even our greatest political enemy, our greatest mm-hmm. uh, enemy on earth, like he, he's giving them time. It's like uh, Peter when he said, um, you know, his pay, uh, time, don't mistake whatever timelessness or, what's the passage? Um,
2: don't mistake his slowness, slowness as slow, but rather patience. Yeah, he is not so yeah. slow
0: as some men think of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's part of the idea even for the earth itself, like he's not, Asleep here. Like, there is a plan. God is not uh, impotent to deal with these mm-hmm. things. He's, he wants as many as possible to come to repentance. Right, right. And so, I actually kind of, as I was, uh, I, I didn't, it didn't hit me that way even when I was teaching it. But l- like the last week, I'm looking at it going, oh, that's kind of me. Because I'm looking at our country right now going, okay, God, now would be a great time to just do that thing, you know, where mm-hmm. you just show up and open up the can of whoop, God, and everything's mm-hmm. taken care of. And, um, but then the recognition that but because uh, that that feels like that feels like me despising the goodness the kindness and the riches of his like that's mm-hmm. despising it because he gave it to me but now I don't want to I want him to not give it to them
2: right in uh, general people want justice for others and mercy for themselves
0: mm-hmm. right yeah and by the way that sounds like a perfectly good way to live your life right <laughs> uh, except that yeah. if everybody's feeling that way about it right then' right. I'll, I'm somehow on the end of somebody's justice. That only right. works if I'm perfect. Sure. Right.
2: And if you messed up, there's a great excuse for why you messed up and your your intention was still there. And like, we have all these reasons why it's okay that we messed up, but right. not that person. Mm,
1: justice yeah. for the guilty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Justice for the sinner. And I don't know why, but this popped into my head, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. A- Andy Dufresne, who he was saying a that. great movie. He was... Uh, he was innocent and, and Morgan Freeman said, We're all innocent. Everybody's innocent. Everybody's yeah. innocent here. Wow. And that's what this is. It's like, no, 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 we're not we're not sinners. Yeah. Right. They're the sinners. We're right. not the sinners.
2: It also seems like there's just a complete um, disregard for God at all. Like everyone's yeah. just the judge. Everybody's judging one another mm-hmm. and they're forgetting there is God. The ancient of days who is the righteous judge, yeah. and they're just forgetting that.
0: Mm-hmm. And there is probably, I, not probably, there's a lesson for us right now in our current Christian side of things. Um, we were just talking about the podcast, The, the Rise and Fall of, of Mars Hill, and um, we, everybody in this room except for Micah, like we've been, uh, actually we've been in churches and Christians longer than Micah's been alive, so let that sink in for just a second. <laughs> um, but have been around experiences where we've seen uh, or, or experienced ourselves uh, manipulation or hurt or whatever in the name of religion, in the name of, of church, in the name of. And there's even this like a uh, idea of if I really trust that God's judgment, like what, what is my part in trying to tell the truth about it? And then what is my part in being an activist and trying to tear something down? Um, in the name of justice or whatever, because in some ways that, that feels—I don't know—the tension that I've felt with mm-hmm. listening to this podcast even is there's feels a little bit of like um, wild west justice going on of like innuendo and, the, and there's fact, there's clearly fact because there's recordings right of, of, of Driscoll saying some things, mm-hmm. um, but but even in the opening, the, the opening. Line of that, he's screaming into the. um Have you listened to this, Donna? Sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, how dare you? How? Like, so I'm thinking, well, that's pretty. Like, my wife would not be pleased if that's how I spoke <laughs> on Sunday. But you know, the rest of the sentence, he's talking to men who are abusing and beating their wives. Like that's the rest of the sentence, and they mm-hmm. completely edited that out. I'm like, well, that wasn't fair. It makes for a great intro, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. fair. Um, because you know, if, if you're, t- if I'm like someone's. Beaten my wife like they're gonna hear that. I, I will speak that way. Mm-hmm. Um, my point is, is that I, I'm trying to. Da- I don't know. I'm trying to dance with the delicate. of Like, how do we tell the truth so that we can learn how to not be that? What where's that line? And I don't know that this is. There's. A, I'm asking you guys. I don't have an answer for this. Where's the line of that? And then the line of crisis porn where there's a big crisis and we're gonna do a podcast about it and, and we're all doing the same thing. We're looking at it on Thursday, like why is it not downloading? Like I wanna send an email, like we're, I'm, I'm in it, right? I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Um, but where's the line? Because there is no podcast from Christianity Today talking about the faithful pastor in Malawi that gave his life for Christ um, and poured his whole life into this. Like there's millions of people out there like that, and but there's no podcasts for that that I've found anyway. Mm-hmm. What's the line for that? Like what's the line of kindness leads us to repentance, and if you're a pastor, you're, that does not give you a license to be a tool. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tracy. Take the bait.
2: I think there, I agree with you, there's a tension between judging and recognizing what is true and seeing what, we, what we've seen in, in Romans chapter one, the evidence of God's wrath that is around us. It, it becomes this delicate place where we make ourselves the judge of it, where I can recognize it, but I don't put myself in a position to say I'm better than you because I don't do that or I'm I'm better than you because I'm, you know, I'm not doing such or other like it's when we start using that as the measuring stick Hmm. my how how i'm operating next to how they're operating i can still recognize hey there's god's wrath there's disobedience there's the presence of evil but that doesn't mean i'm i don't have my own stuff that i don't have my own sin and things that i'm working through so that's where you just for me we have to put aside judging it but recognizing I see what it is, but I'm still called to let God address it. And I'm called to love and live my best.
0: Yeah, because on the one hand, you see, I hear that and think, um, well, it's 100% true, right? You think that, because it is. And then there's this idea, which I think is what like a podcast is, this is predicated on it. There are people who just don't know, and so they're helping them Let's like I suppose we should be clear. Like if, if you're in a, in a spiritual relationship, pastor or whatever, and that person's uh, temperament is that they scream at you a lot, yeah, that's probably not. A, this is not healthy, right? I mean, but this is not like complicated questions here. Like if they're screaming at you, um, well then we that's probably not healthy. Yeah. Um, so some of this stuff feels pretty obvious to me. Like do we really need a podcast to tell them the obvious? But then the other hand, obviously, clearly, hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of people didn't. Uh, experience that right yeah. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you think don
1: i don't know it all comes back to this word judge because that's thrown around
0: there you go so yeah.
1: much today yeah i mean you'll see all the time on social media it'll be like oh who are you to judge why are you judging why are you judge me or whatever um but and the clarification is that paul said that if you're in christ we do judge one another so yeah if you know of a pastor who is screaming and berating his congregation it's actually your duty your christian duty to go to him and bring that to him yeah right and be like are you judging me you'd say yes actually i am In, in christ i am because you should not be you should not be doing that yeah so there's a whole whole lot of that with the whole driscoll thing i think there were many people who who tried to bring him these yeah. issues,
0: because I can s- actually, it's interesting you would say that because I've had s- some experience, uh, let's say in the United States, how about that, mm. um, with confronting a friend of mine who was that. Um, and I was cut off and he never spoke to me again. Mm. Um, on the other hand, though, let's, like, let's use a positive. Uh, Gerald LeFleur, uh, who we all know, our, our Haitian mm-hmm. hurricane, everywhere he goes. Um, I, I used to have this metaphor in my mind that was, don't let the size of his ministry and the maturity get out of line with it. I think they use character and something, character and charisma, I don't know, something um, in the podcast. But the, like 10, 12 years ago, that's what we were saying. Like if if this ministry grows bigger than Lafleur's maturity, we're in trouble. Mm. Um, because I'm gone most of the year, and he's mm. the guy here. And so right after the earthquake in Haiti, Uh, it was obviously chaos there was death there was destruction but also enormous amounts of revenue were coming in and uh, and some of those places like the Red Cross built their little five houses and bought some Land Rovers and went home but we were like uh, most of the ministries that is not what happened at all but I remember we had to we we tapped the brakes with him to allow him to catch up because he was 36 at this point you know Uh, and man the dude had a temper just straight mm-hmm. up had a temper, and uh, I remember one of the conversations was uh, uh, we we've talked about it since because it was good for him and for me for that matter. Like if you're feeling really good when you're having this conversation, that's probably not good um, because that's not like if you are addressing someone something uncomfortable and you're enjoying it, that's not from a good place in your heart. Uh, and most guys like him, when they say the conversation, you know, well, I didn't. Well, I don't wanna fight about it, and then they say, the, well, I didn't even know we were fighting, like, he genuinely meant that, like, I didn't know, I thought we were connecting with each other, like, no, you were actually destroying their soul, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need mm-hmm. to, but the point was is that there was a point where we were judging that, and there was a good response right. to that, right. um, but there's a part of me then, on the mm-hmm. other hand, where I see what's happening even in our own community, um, where if someone doesn't listen to that kind of, a, the, there is a part where, this might be what God like God might love that pastor so much that he's going to let all this fall because he he loved him more than Marcel. He loved mm-hmm. he loves me more than Conduit. Mm-hmm. Um so much that he will allow Conduit to fail to because he loves me mm-hmm. if that's what it takes to get to me.
2: I think um, what Donna brings up is just the importance of Christian community. Like yeah. we are called to restore each other and help one another in our walk. And so we should be in community with other people. We should have small groups. We should have mentors, like people yeah. who we, we submit to and say like, I'm inviting you to look at my life and, and help me see blind spots, help me see yeah. things that I don't see and, and, and correct and judge as, as I'm yeah. asking you to do. Like I right. want yeah. to be better. And then judge that is a, it's a
1: positive.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. As, as Paul writes about yeah. it. Yeah. Examine, yeah. But, we're, we're told to examine right. ourselves and, and then we can do the same yeah. for, for those who we're in community with.
0: And I can speak from experience in the, I mean, look, uh, there's a whole lot of, if someone wanted to do the rise and fall of conduit, I'm sure they could find some fun stuff. It probably wouldn't be as long of a serious book. But, but,
2: uh, no one would listen to it. Know, right? <laughs> there just wouldn't be much in there. It's a huge
0: mistake. Like, <laughs> he's so like, he withdraws and he's, you know, he's so ex- introverted. Anyway, um, but I have actually desired of that because I remember the, in the world of music, the more famous someone became, the more isolated they became. Mm-hmm. And they became isolated, you know, uh, because people, like, in genuine like I don't like it when people criticize me. Like I'm not a fan. Don't enjoy it. But I also recognize that I don't enjoy working out, right? I don't, there's many things in my life that I do not enjoy that I need mm-hmm. in my life. And the more famous someone became, the uh, just literally subconsciously, would begin to be just the people that were saying things they wanted to hear around them mm. to the point where, and if you talk to the most famous people on the planet, their one word will come up eventually. And that's how lonely they are because they eventually got to the, you know, everything they wanted. They were still them and nobody's telling them the truth and they don't know who to trust or So when it came to conduit, I was like, okay, I don't want that. That feels like a bad plan. Um, but to have, I've actually desired it and, I can look at 10 years of this and see that having people in my life that have told me the truth that I might not have liked has actually made this a better church and me a better man, a better husband, a better father. Mm -hmm. I mean, this just happened two weeks ago. Tracy called me and said, hey, you said something on a Sunday that, and I was like, oh gosh, I said that out loud, oh God. Um, And here's the thing, she was right. And I actually was really grateful that she had the courage to call me on that because here's the thing. If one person heard it, that meant that lots of people heard it, right? Or they just, none of them had the courage to say it. And so for me, that is, um, it's funny because people say, oh, you're so humble, Darren, but that's really not true at all. I'm just dramatically aware of my frailty. I saw Mm -hmm. it too much in my last life to want to ride on that again. And I saw how that ends people's marriages and their children. I just saw it. I'm like, I'm just, so I guess it's that John Bevere quote, right? That the the fear of the Lord, right? keeps you... uh, from lawlessness. Um, by the way, John, and, they bought a place in Philippa's Fork. Did you guys know that? No. The Bevere's are moving to Nashville. Should we take them a gift basket? <laughs> did any of you guys know them?
2: No, I don't.
0: Oh, we should take them a gift basket. Do you know them, Donna? No. That strikes Uh-oh. me. That's I actually no. thought you would know them. No,
1: yeah. well, I mean, I know uh, of worth. them, of course. Yeah. So
2: you, uh, they can Darren, it's the, it's the blessing and curse of having the Enneagram 8 in the room.
0: <laughs> telling you the truth, the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> but you know, isn't that funny though? But that's, that's my best friends throughout all the years. When I look back at long before I had gram language, it was a D or what, I don't know what the Myers-Briggs were, like the prophecy of Romans 12. Like, because I hate wondering what someone's thinking. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just know and then get it over with. And so I look back over my life, I'm like oh, I was, I'm surrounded by eights because I love that. I just want to know, like, Michaela, uh, uh, I was going to say Chandel, she has been married like five years. Michaela Kelly is a, is a little eight, and I absolutely find her hilarious because she's not afraid of me. She's 24, Micah. How old is she? 25. 25. Yeah, she's not even kind of scared of me. And uh, 100% just like shoots her mouth off. Uh and I respect the heck out of it. Like she feels embarrassed when she does it, but I'm like, no, no, I want to know what you're thinking. I, I hate the whole we gotta spend an hour of me guessing. Like I'd rather
1: <laughs> right, you just right. tell me
0: but <laughs> So that said, like the, the judging thing for me, because I, I do think um I actually probably cut it's been a few weeks now, but we covered it that I mean Paul actually did that for a living. Like that's mm-hmm. what he did. I, I'm a judging guy, I'm a condemning guy. Mm-hmm. And if anybody saw that it didn't work, it was him. Um, because he had a front row seat that did not change people's lives. It changed their behavior temporarily, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he himself, I mean, we get to Romans 6, right? He goes down that, I, Why do I, or is it Romans 7, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Somebody that knew that judging, condemning wasn't working, and in his own heart, he still struggled with that kind mm-hmm. of, uh, with his own thing. And, and, and I think it would do well for us in our current cultural moment to spend a whole lot more time on the goodness of God, and the goodness of God is telling the truth. The goodness of God is saying, "Hey, this is actually a sin, and this God this is not God's design for you, and God is angry because of this." That's very kind, um, but, but in a way that is also not condemning and us, you know, marginalizing, like condemning them to hell. Like that's, I think the word mm-hmm. condemning, even if he speaks of that, like uh, because it goes on, right? You're storing up. Because of your stubbornness, your unrepentant heart, right? Um, which is funny because that's all he wants is repent. They're actually asking for repentance from those that are they're judging and their own hearts are not repentant mm-hmm. of themselves. Uh, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done to those who by persistence in doing good. That word persistence was one that I focused a lot on. Uh, Seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and reject truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Basically the Jews, you're not getting out of this one. Um, Glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. I'm kind of struck by this, that uh for those who do good, those who are persistent and do good, like those are but there are no but like he will go on in Romans 3 saying Yeah, but the but there are none of you. Right? I mean like when you guys read that, is that what you're getting from that? Like there are like, if you do this, you're great, but there are nobody.
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. No one does good.
2: Yeah. It's sort no of No one understands it's the bait and switch a little bit that Paul does. Like he kind of sucks them in with, oh, if you just persevere and you do good, and then he'll at the end he'll go, but guess what? Nobody's good. Yeah. Like nobody's doing yeah. it. And then you just go, oh that's right. me and you go no it's not you
0: because yeah, I read that and I think first pass I'm doing good mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't yell at my wife I, you know I've, I've taken care of my kids I didn't you know I've, I've been good and like I'm like I'm, I'm one of those guys right so I can see how if you're a Jew who's really down you're counting your salt crystals out you know to make sure you're tithing <laughs> right like you're rocking it so Romans 3 must have been a total cold bucket of water on them um and then he goes on uh this was intriguing to me because uh, i had it was one of the things i read when i was a, like a long time ago and i'd forgotten about that was in the word uh i think it was francis Schaefer, tim keller several of these commentaries but he talks about all who sin apart from the law will perish apart from the law all who sin under the law will be judged by the law the point that he was making right is that he was on to talk about gentilesness that you're going to be judged according to the standards that you accept Like, had you guys ever heard that before?
2: No, not until you brought this up. And it was, it hits you like, yes, like, that's right. Like, that's what the word says. And it was also kind of mind-blowing because it shows how big, like, God's law is. It's beyond what the Jews were following. His, His law is on all of creation. His law is written in every heart of every person. And so... Whatever standard you come up with, he was the author of it. And if that's what you're holding to, you're still going to fail. Yeah. I mean, it was just like phew, mind blowing.
0: Yeah, because we talk about God being unfair.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, this is like the uh, exact opposite. It's like of God so being fair. fair. Yeah. All right. You wanted to hear you do your way? Sure. Uh, so here, cowboy, you go. You mm, go yeah. Do that. Pick
2: the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You follow it.
0: Yeah. Because it. Uh, I mean, for me, for sure. Like, I don't even get out of Tuesday, and I'm in, I'm in trouble. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, like, I'm like I can't even I can't even make it to Friday with that standard. But you know, again, when you think about it, from the idea that I'm like even like I'm judging someone else according to you know I, I judge myself according to my intentions, but I judge them according to their actions because um, mm-hmm. I don't right. I'm not really giving them. Uh, but if I judge myself, why I, I, I meant to do this or I meant to you know. Uh, that's not the standard that I'm giving everybody else. So I'm, I'm literally like, I'm, my commandment number one is broken. Like mm-hmm. I'm already done, and it's all downhill from there. Um, and then let's, uh, let's go to, let's actually go to verse seventeen. Then and push through. Uh, you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law. If you are convinced that you're, it's like he's really just sticking it to him. If you're convinced that you're a guide for the blind and a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? Like, that's a pretty punchy little statement, right? Like, you're doing a good job of teaching them or you, you, you forget to learn your own stuff with it? Uh, you then who teach others, you not teach yourself. You preach against stealing. Do you steal? You who say uh, that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Sticking it to them right there. <laughs> Donna, what do you like when you read that, what jumps out at you?
1: I think what you were uh, talking about, how the... Religionists put their trust in certain things. The Jews thought, oh, "Okay, I got my kid circumcised, so he's all good now." Golden. He's right. He's golden. He's in the purpose and the will of God now. Um, but he goes on further to say, "You know, it's not the the cutting away of the flesh. That's not no. what it's about. Mm-hmm. It is." It is the circumcision of the heart that the Holy Spirit does. That's 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 where true um, faith in God really
2: is. Yeah, isn't is, in, hmm. is in that,
0: Tracy, What do you what jumps out at you?
2: I, I think what's interesting to me is you can kind of see how the Jews would be in a community where they all sort of kind of understand like these are the really important laws we're going to follow and these are the ones we're just going to kind of like not really (laughs) worry about And, and like they all had this understanding among themselves but the gentiles on the outside are going like look at them like they're not even following their own law they're not supposed to to you know work on the sabbath and then look at them carrying stuff around like like things that where the jews would sort of make their own kind of rules that were this was okay those looking on them are are recognizing the hypocrisy in Mm -hmm. it and so well they uh, thought it was all spiritual acts
1: but it was just physical acts right you know the circumcision was a physical act it wasn't a spiritual cutting away
2: yeah and their call was to draw people to God through them and here it says that the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles like it was the opposite Right. Of what mm-hmm. was supposed to happen, right. they're rejecting God because of how they were seeing the the Jews live. So mm-hmm. it's,
1: and then it's so the same way we today. You see people trusting in things; they trust in mm-hmm. catechism classes, or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is, praying the rosary, or mm-hmm. making sure there are certain icons in a church, yeah. you know, to make mm-hmm. it a more spiritual right. church. They're just religious things. It's. Right. A, observance of the law so to speak
2: and people on the uh, outside will look at a church and say well they may have all the religious things but what what good are they actually yeah. doing right and it's go, not outward yeah yeah it's inward
0: and it goes back to the this whole case that he's building against uh hardcore legalism control religion because because it's impossible if i lead with that that i'm now going to try to control your behavior and condemn you that when I get busted doing the same thing, um, I mean, good Lord, th- this last year, how many times did we see a politician at a party without a mask? And um, mm,
1: get, get their picture yeah, yeah. slapped on did the Governor news. Yeah, Governor Newsom, anyone? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right?
0: got, you know, he just, it, but, but and here's the thing, we can, can certainly bust his chops for it, but politicians across the country were doing that. Right. Epidemiologists were doing it. The, 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 one of the, like Fauci's sidekick, his tonto, uh, I can't remember what her name was, um, Deborah who, Burks. Burks, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's like, oh, we we got us uh, everybody got to stay home, and then she goes to hang out with mom for like a weekend, and you're like, Birx, like you got you guys are the smartest people on the planet, but you know nothing about human behavior. <laughs> and I'm I don't even begrudge her spending time with her mom, but it was like the the idea that the human behavior itself, like we know at the core of who we are, what just rattles our cage, is someone that would condemn us. And then do the exact same thing themselves, and so we as Christians know how that feels. Mm. And there's a reminder for us of how, what does it feel for us then? Like the, I don't. Do people still say cleaning fish? Like so. So when I was a kid, we actually used to fish for food when I was a kid. Nobody did it for sport. I didn't even understand that. Like we got to throw the fish back. We got to eat that. (laughs) That's food. You don't have to buy it with food stamps. In my house, we thought that was gold, but we call it cleaning him. And I felt, it feels like a little bit of what the, you know, what the, the condemning, whatever you, for our modern vernacular is that we're trying to clean the fish before we catch them as opposed to catching them. I guess that's a terrible metaphor because cleaning them technically means skinning him. So that's not the metaphor. <laughs> that's not the metaphor I'm going for when I think about it, but washing, like, you know, you gotta go washed up to take a bath. That was uh you know, you gotta get, spray yourself down with a hose before you get in the shower. Um, and that's not, like, the metaphor I was hoping is that Jesus called us to be fishers of men, uh, not just skinning them alive. Like, that's, we get to fish, uh, and, and, the, and the word of God is there. And so, the, and, and it's important for us because we, it's just a reminder that if we go down that road of hardcore, uh, you got to keep the rules. Because the fact of the matter is, if I live in a country that they are rejecting the standards of the scripture as it relates to sexuality, if they're rejecting the standards of of uh, uh, marriage of whatever of course they are they're not in christ they're not believing that so to force them to do that is a, in a weird way is a condemnation that then when that's why maybe that's why christianity is getting a great podcast and i don't know if you guys if there's one out about um liberty university that um mm. following uh fallwell for the last 10 years uh it's like wow that I lead a very sheltered life, apparently. (laughs) And when you see that God's name is blasphemed amongst um, the Gentiles Mm. there, like the blasphemy is there, is that they don't stop then with, hey, this guy was just being a hypocrite. What they're actually blaspheming is everything about who we are. So Lisa Childers uh, released a a video yesterday or two days ago, Um, it's just five or six minutes, talking about, the, the, the podcast, the rise and fall. Um, and says that one of the things that she cautions as we listen, that the heroes in this are those who are the deconstructionists. The heroes are those who are not holding to the orthodoxy of scripture. They're, so there seem to be the ones that with the elevated voices mm-hmm. and those who hold a more orthodox view of scripture are the ones that are not. So And which is, I'm like, okay, that maybe she's helping me articulate it a little bit because Paul David Tripp, very orthodox, the, you know, but he gets like a sound bite at the beginning but some of the voices they're giving a platform to. But taking that a step further with this uh, Liberty University one, is a general market podcast with a general market spin, and the whole thing is about not just hating Jerry Falwell or, or whichever one it is, but hating Christianity in general and the orthodoxy of it, blaspheming his name among it. And so it's a great reminder for us to, you know, to as we're preaching the truth of of sin and righteousness to also not be condemning and hammering people mm-hmm. who the Holy Spirit's going to be the one that's going to have to lead him, gets to lead him into it mm-hmm. uh, again because mm-hmm. we can Dr. them on it and shame them and then we end up getting ourselves uh, on our own podcast mm-hmm. because we, you know, it, it is, I mean it's true, like I blow it all the time and mm-hmm. there are things that, you know, maybe I'm not uh, on a private jet in an island somewhere, like uh, I didn't even know that was an option to be honest, but um but there are things, you know, if you follow me around with a camera that and just capture that moment, that I'm like, yeah, you're right. That was wrong. I, that was 100% wrong. And so to, anyway, the, the condemnation of it. And then the last is this um, verse 25, uh, which is like five verses on circumcision, uh, <laughs> which has value uh, if you observe the law. But if you break the law, uh, you have become as though you had not been circumcised, which is fascinating because isn't you go to all that trouble, right? And then, but it didn't work. Isn't that what he's saying? Like mm-hmm. you, circumcision mm-hmm. didn't, do, didn't okay. actually do anything. You break it and you're still, mm-hmm. oh. So then if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as those, uh, as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you uh, even though you, have the written code and circumcision are a lot... Did I just skip a sentence? I need to get the, the bigger glasses out. <laughs> I even turned the lights up brighter. We had, a, we had a real good mood vibe in here that my wife has been building out, but I can't see the Bible. I need a brighter light without it. A person, who, uh, a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the written code, such a person's praise is not from other, I love this, not from other people, but from God. Like the only Mm -hmm. eyes in the universe that actually matter, Mm -hmm. whose opinion matters. That's the praise that we're looking for. What do you guys, uh, what jumps out at you in those few verses?
1: I think that many, and I think we've talked about this here before. We've talked about Williamson County and how lots of people go to church here yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are all in Christ. Mm-hmm. It means... Oh, so
0: church is like the Christian version of circumcision. Yes, interesting. Right. That's what I was thinking
1: of. I <laughs> know yeah, you can't say
0: that out loud, but I'm, whatever.
1: But <laughs> you know, they they look Christian, they act Christian. Interesting. But how many of them are t- are truly in Christ? Who who truly have that relationship with Jesus? It's not like I'm just here because my mama was here, my daddy was here, and. My mamaw was here. Didn't yeah. Joey call her mamaw? Yes. No, you do. I, you do I too. Do too. I, when she was
2: alive, she was my
1: mamaw. mamaw? you know, and so it just becomes that—that's our thing. We go to church on Sunday. It's—it's it's our thing, and Paul is saying it's—it's it's a heart matter. Yeah, it really is a heart matter. It's not this outward appearance.
0: That's good because I, th- when I began to really get hungry. Uh, in my own faith what some of the unsettling the divine discontent that I had was that sort of that conversation like I'm in church every Sunday like we sit on the front row mostly because I had ADD and I didn't want to and my wife didn't like it when I get distracted so if I'm on the front row I have to listen Um, and by the way in the front row in our church if you're listening right now there's like two rows that are almost empty you could come lay down for all I care (laughs) on the front you have plenty of room up there when you say we're full we're technically not there are a couple but um but that was it. I was like, man, is this it? Like, this is why we're doing this whole thing. Like this is all, Jesus went to a lot of trouble mm-hmm. uh, with the whole death, burial, you know, resurrection just so I could do this, like mm-hmm. just come and be here. Um, and now I think about it like that, that. That's an interesting metaphor for that. Cause that really is. I mean, I cut a lot of stuff away in my life and I was left with uh, not a relationship, but a, a religion with it. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Tracy. I,
2: I was going to say that was a really, really good. Any outward expression. So I also think of like, um, cross jewelry for women oh yeah. oh yeah there's a lot of cross jewelry out there right <laughs> just, well, well men
1: too you see men cross too
2: cross that's jewelry. true yeah, that's true too. the men are wearing the, the cross jewelry <laughs> yeah
0: and i'll tell you my little son at 15 years old uh he got him a little george michael dangling cross earring uh, on his <laughs> <laughs> actually he did i was calling him george michael which uh, now that i think about it, i might probably shouldn't have done that but uh <laughs> He had no idea who I was talking of course, about at of all, course. right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes. uh, he's like, well, it's not in my right ear, Dad. We, we, <laughs> we tried, by the way, and I don't know, if, but Lord knows we've done plenty of things right and wrong that my kids will probably get to talk about in therapy someday. But um, we never want I never, ever, ever, we wanted to ever hear the words out of our mouths. We, uh, you're the pastor's kid. You have to act better than that. You have to, you know, so we always try to, like that's why my daughters showed up with purple hair sometimes. And um, But when he went for the earring, I was like... I'm actually. I was pretty resistant to it, and it was, the irony is that when I was 16, that's all I wanted because The Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> oh yeah, he got a an earring, and I'm like, I want an earring, and and uh, and I, I finally got to Bible college, and we weren't allowed to there, so I would like do the band aid over the ear. Um, and some of the people that listen to this actually at to Bible college with me, so uh, I got in trouble all the time for that. All I was wanted was my little dangling cross earring from a from. Anyway, sorry. That's what we call a rabbit trail, and I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I think that. For me, the, the this gospel moment that's just so buried just beneath the surface of even like the what circumcision meant, because it really was a representation of the bloodiness of the law, like mm-hmm. of the this was not um, a pretty sight. Like this was not I can't even literally cannot even imagine Abraham having that conversation like or. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Right. float that mm-hmm. one out there like Dad, What have I done to I in this family? Like, what have I done to <laughs> deserve? Like you, you, you dragged me up on a hill. You're trying to kill me. And I like mm-hmm. well. but, um, but there was something that God was saying in that, that was so critical because it didn't represent like the positive nature of this. This was the, it, you're not going to measure up of it. And so to me, the Gospel of that whole thing is that Jesus himself, right completely cut off from the Father, like genuinely, mm-hmm. which I think it's Colossians you know, it's not a stretch because that's the way that Paul described, you know, circumcision was Christ being cut off mm-hmm. from it uh, from him, from the Father, which I don't know, maybe in, in in eternity we'll be able to understand it. but the idea in general of Jesus being able somehow like to absorb, that the sin and the wrath of all of our sin and wrath, like since before, it says before the foundations of the earth, right. right? Like, that's a brutal way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bloodiness of this is just one picture of that, that the, the covenant that God made with us, um, even that is it Genesis seventeen. I, I meant to. I kind of shot from the hip on Sunday, where where Abraham cuts the covenant, where the animal he cuts the bull in I half, and
1: that sounds right. Genesis God walks between them. Right. I yeah. But I then remember. he
0: wakes up and God did the walk.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Um, he slept through it.
0: Right. Is yeah. circumcision right after that? Was it out of that sacrifice where circumcision was born? Bible scholars.
1: Um. Actually, yeah. It's seventeen. Is Abraham and the covenant of circumcision? Okay. That that's chapter seventeen, and 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 the co- and God's covenant with Abram is fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, but that's yeah. where the de- where he falls into right. a deep sleep, and mm-hmm. it was it was totally one sided. Yeah. It was yeah. all on God because he knew. Yeah. We couldn't handle it. We would never stand up to our side of the covenant.
0: Yeah, like how do you make a deal with someone that you know is going to break it ahead Mm -hmm. of time? The answer is you make the deal that you keep it. That's the deal. Mm -hmm. That it's my deal, not a binary thing. It's Mm -hmm. a unit deal, and my job is to believe it with it. So,
1: and that's what bothers me about um, about people who 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 translate um, the Jewish people, the church for the Jewish people. Um, That always bothers me because this covenant that he made in Genesis 15 was totally one-sided. He knew the Jews were going to mess up. Right. He yeah. knew
2: it. I also think to your gospel point, circumcision is a cutting away that, you know, it's through Christ we're removing the weight of sin, removing the weight of yeah, it. Yeah. And so it's it it's a removing. It's not an adding on. Yeah. It's not a here's a burden now for you to carry. It's a removing of a yeah. weight. And so yeah. I think circumcision is an effective metaphor for that because it's it does remove all of this weight that I've been carrying. Yeah.
0: And, you know, not to be indelicate, but the most private weight, you know, the most mm-hmm. uh, shameful part, you know, yeah. the part where I don't want anybody, talk, I don't want anything, you know, um, that that has all been removed i mean the hebrews for right, the word of god sharper than any two-edged sword like it's dividing between the soul and the spirit like that's the language of surgery you know it's right. like a cutting mm-hmm. off of things that that were heavy on me um
1: and you have to allow the holy spirit yeah to do that right
0: uh, say a little bit more about that donna because that's really true and i think most people maybe don't know that
1: mm-hmm yeah, to, to open yourself up to that surgical procedure, yeah, so yeah. to speak, of the Holy Spirit cutting away the the dead that's in our hearts, whatever that is. You know, is it yeah. is it bitterness, is it envy, is it is it jealousy, is it pride? That's a huge one. But yeah. you have to let the Holy Spirit cut that away. And he's going to be gentle. He's not going to be yeah. brutal about it. He's not going to, you know, bring us to our knees in a bad way, but bring us to our knees in a repentant way that will make us less of ourselves and more yeah. of him.
0: Yeah, that's the, um again, the f- life by the spirit, right? Not by the law. Uh, the longer I've walked with Jesus, um, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but I, 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 it happened when my kids got old enough to start watching movies that I watched when I was young and i vividly remember the first one cuz we were in the minivan when we had a tv in the minivan like that was a big deal right we had a dvd player mm-hmm. in the honda odyssey and we were on some road trip like where we were torturing our children tied them to a chair for 12 hours to minneapolis or whatever <laughs> uh I, I don't remember if it was goonies or if it was it was one of those movies that we watched as a i watched as a kid and i pop it in the dvd player and i mean we're like 20 maybe seconds into the movie and all of a sudden there's an f bomb and there's a <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't remember any of yes. that. Like, I don't remember. Why is that so dark now? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it? And it's not a religious thing, but I look at there were things that's probably not the best example because it is still a funny movie, but it was more about my kids. But there are movies that I watched when I was a kid that I thought were just amazing. And I've tried to watch them again. And it's like, oh, that's really dark. Mm-hmm. I like loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it with my friends over and over again. Mm-hmm. And now it's like just dark. And but I never made a decision to not want to watch that anymore. Just somewhere along the way, it just cut away from me, it just Mm -hmm. fell off. Mm -hmm. And you know, Eugene Peterson calls it long obedience in the same direction. Um, and there is a thing, there are things that I have repented, like it's not that everything was subconscious, right? Um, things that I had to make conscious decision, like this is not for my best interests, and so I'm not going to live this way. Um, and repenting of it, and then at the same time, I look at it and think, but somewhere along the way, the Holy Spirit you know, convicted me of it. And then to the point now where I just don't want to see that stuff mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, I don't know, maybe if you live 80 years, is that, you know, Well, I would look back on things that are today that I'm like, oh gosh, I can't believe I watched that or I acted that way. But that to me, like I, I nothing is more frustrating than hearing somebody say you are fine just the way you are. Uh, that is terrible advice. It's awful, because right. I'm not fine the way I am. Right. Who right. wants that, to stay the that way and I am?
1: Follow your heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. right. Perfect. Uh, I'm, the, Trust the,
1: the, your heart. Yeah. No, no, no. Bad right. yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, there was a 21 year old version of Darren that was not fine the way I was. Right. Anybody tell me I was was because you or, were following or, your or, heart. Yeah, right, right. wanted <laughs> some really dumb stuff, and it to me like that. You know, <laughs> the Holy Spirit's the gift right of we uh, read mm-hmm. through john 14 15 16 all these the jobs that the holy spirit does of teaching of comforting of convicting of reminding of, you know right like when you have a real life uh encounter with god and an experience with the holy spirit that is a daily experience in your life you know reading the bible isn't just some drudge anymore right uh, living life that the idea that jesus might actually want to speak to me today and actually go do what you know uh he wants you to do Don, actually can you share that story donna you shared in a sermon prep and we'll wrap up with that because this is an example of like Great listening with the holy spirit's asking you uh, to do yeah. and obeying it like that that was just the holy spirit at work so share that story
1: yeah i was part of a conference a couple of weeks ago in florida and it's for residential homes that for uh, that are for at-risk teens. So these are teens that have either had repeatedly run away from home because of the circumstances in the home. They've been in and out of juvenile detention or whatever it is. So this this was a national conference, and they were holding it in Florida, and there were some of the kids that were part of the residential home there in Florida who were there at the conference. So I got to meet them. I got to talk with them, and I did meet this one girl. She was about 16, and Prior to our coming there, we were told that a couple of weeks beforehand there was a pastor who had come on campus, and he had been teaching for about three days in a row, and they had opened it up to the public, so the public was able to come and hear him. And there was an elderly woman who came each day and she was on a walker and was all hunched over and had a hard time getting into her seat. And on the third and final day that he was teaching, he was teaching about prayer. He was teaching about the healings of Jesus. And this young girl sensed that the Lord had told her, go put your hands on that woman's shoulder and tell her that god wants her to know that she is healed in jesus name and this young girl thought uh no (laughs) this is (laughs) this is me thinking this this is crazy i'm not going to do this but again there was the holy spirit saying go put your hands on that woman's shoulder and tell her that god wants her to know she's healed in jesus name so this young girl this 16 year old girl who comes from this broken at-risk home she stands up, she goes behind that elderly woman, leans down, puts her hands on her shoulders and says, hmm. God wanted me to tell you that you are healed in Jesus' name. Now, I've I've always heard these stories, I've never actually seen them, but they said that that older woman jumped straight up hmm. and then began to run around the chapel area.
0: Wow, that's so, amazing. I know. And a, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to a young person and just being obedient to it, and that's the... I'm sure for her that moment it cut away some fear, it cut away some anxiety, mm-hmm. and probably in a lot of people in that room it cut away some fear and some anxiety. Yeah. For and for all those teens yeah.
1: to, to see that. Well, yeah. for the adults to see it too, and yeah. to be a part of that. Yeah, incredible. Yeah,
0: that's the thing, man. I, I, I love my uh, cessationist friends, but man, they're missing out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I get it. I get why, you know, it's because it's risky. Mm-hmm. Um, But man, when God is uh, moving, you know, and doing things and and is real and alive and life by the spirit, like it's amazing how much more, I don't know, maybe it's exciting to be a cessationist. I've never been one, so I don't know. But our life, it's not dull. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny because actually uh, I met with a a couple yesterday, really great. Love them. Uh, And it's like he's a, a dyed in the wool, recovering Church of Christ guy. And she's a 100% uh, Bethel Redding charismatic. Like, mm-hmm. like those are two f- oh, wow. up, right? And they're married happily, which is yeah. hilarious. Um, because I can't even imagine those conversations. But uh, but they found in conduit this home that is sort of the middle of those two. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, well, that's pretty. Because I, I would not suggest that we are uh, remotely, um, at least not in my experience, like nobody's running laps and we don't have any flags. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like every Sunday for him is like exciting because like the Holy Spirit might do something today. Mm-hmm. And he's never had that before mm-hmm. uh, with it. And so, um, which was good. It was a reminder for me because sometimes I feel like, God, do you want to do more? Like I mean, if you want to, people jumping out of wheelchairs, I'm totally fine. Like I'm mm-hmm. down, I'm here for that. Um, but then to hear that those stories of people that are that are experiencing the real active Holy Spirit in their life, uh, right now is is super encouraging mm-hmm. uh, for me, but um, you know what? Thank you guys. Thank this you. This is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need. It's uh, been a while. I know. And by <laughs> the way, like no December. I
1: think.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing: no reason other than, like, I, I, I.
2: There's a couple I, things going on around here. It's been a little, <laughs> it's, it's been a little
0: complicated. <laughs> but here's the thing: like this, I don't know. We need to do this more often because, like, I, I feel like that our. People are. First of all, I forget we're broadcasting. That's how I got fired from doing my radio show back in the early '90s. I actually forgot I was broadcasting. Um, that's a whole other episode. Um, but but people are genuinely listening, and the the power of God's word is the power of God's word. So yeah. um, anyway, I'm glad you guys. Thanks for staying an extra hour with us today. Thank you. And uh, maybe Mo, uh, you know, when you listen, Mo, maybe uh, we'll, you have to get a fourth chair in here for when you get back. You might you're not. You're not about. You're not being replaced. <laughs> We're just adding some to the ship. So thank you for listening once again. Uh, if you guys are in the Nashville area, we would love to have you visit us on a Sunday, uh, 9, 11 a.m. Um, if you would like updates of what's happening right now, for those of you that have just radically been generous in Haiti, we are running another team, actually today. Like, So they're actually there by now of uh, people running uh, more relief supplies in. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, conduitmission.org. We've got all kinds of information there for That And uh, if you're listening, the week of whatever week this is, September 5th-ish, September 8th, this Sunday, uh, Mark and Victoria Bowling are going to be with us um, from Tulsa. But we're going to get some updated stories from what's going on in Asia and uh, lots of stories of how God is absolutely moving amongst the Muslims. One of the greatest revivals on the planet amongst Muslim people is happening right now. And uh, you'll never see it on the news because there's no money in it but it's happening. Jesus is alive and he loves uh, them. So thank you for that. Um, ConduitChurch.com for more information. Uh, if you made it this far and you happen to f- like be feeling really generous, just uh, don't make a donation, but go to iTunes and give us a review because that actually does help us to get found in that. So thank you. And we will be back next week.